This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is a story by the slice. I'm your hostess, Lindsay, and with me are the whimsical and witty Ashley and Emily. Hey, I like that. That's cute. I don't know if I'm whimsical. I'm definitely witty. Maybe I'm... (laughs) I would like to be whimsical, so I'm just going to roll with it and be like, yeah, Lindsay said it, so it's true. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) has to be true. Add it to your adjectives that describe you i will i keep a list in my journal (laughs) today i was described as whimsical dear diary (laughs) it's a dream come true (laughs) i feel like a fairy princess in a disney movie i've never been happier (laughs) (laughs) well on that note today's slice is a musical melody with dark origins Ooh. Oh my god, I'm so fucking excited. Yeah. (laughs) So let's bite into it. Today we're going to discuss the origins of the nursery rhyme, Three Blind Mice. And for those unfamiliar with the rhyme, here it is. Three blind mice, three blind mice, see how they run. See how they run. I'm going to have to go down an octave now. They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their tails with a carving knife. Did you ever see such a sight in your life as three blind mice? I can't go up that high. (laughs) Yeah, nobody really can except for like a small child. (laughs) Yeah. Justin Timberlake. Mariah Carey. I was going to say Mariah Carey. And Ariana Grande. I think that's the whole list. That's a comprehensive list. Yep. So the origin of this rhyme dates back to 1609, when Thomas Ravenscroft published it in a music compilation entitled Deuteromelia. It's generally believed that the source material for this rhyme dates back to 1555, when Queen Bloody Mary I of England executed three Protestant clergymen for heresy by burning them at the stake. Hell yes. I told you it was going to be dark. (laughs) Listen, I'm here here for this shit. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) The men in question were the Bishop of Worcester, Hugh Latimer, 
the Bishop of London, Nicholas Ridley, and Archbishop of Canterbury, Thomas Cranmer. They are just three of the 280 people burnt at the stake for heresy between 1553 and 1558 during the reign of Queen Mary I. That's a lot of people. In five years. Um, I just want to express my current enthusiasm by singing a small amount of a Fallout Boy song. <laughs> light it up, 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 light it up, 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 light it up, 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 All three men were great men of reform, especially in Protestantism. Thomas Cranmer, in fact, ushered in the Age of Reformation almost immediately upon his appointment as the Archbishop of Canterbury when he annulled the 24-year marriage of Henry VIII to Catherine of Aragon in order to validate his new marriage to Anne Boleyn. See, I was going to say something about that because I was like, I know that fucking name, like, Mm -hmm. for sure. And I thought he might have been the right guy, but I didn't want to look stupid if that was wrong. Yeah, and she would have had good reason not to like him because that was her mom. Yep. Yup. Then her mom died. So, yeah. Sad and alone. Yes. Dude, honey, you were better off, though, because at least he didn't chop off your head. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Ridley and in small part Thomas Cranmer was targeted in particular for his part in trying to secure Lady Jane Grey as the new monarch in place of Mary after preaching that she and her sister were illegitimate and unfit to rule. (laughs) Sorry, I like royal drama. People know this by now, I would assume. (laughs) From as early as 1554, Nicholas and Thomas shared a cell in the Tower of London for treason with Cranmer and a preacher named John Bradford. In March of 1554, all three men were moved to the Picardo Jail in Oxford to await trial. In January 1555, the three men were brought to the Church of St. Mary the Virgin to be tried and encouraged to disavow their Protestant beliefs. They vehemently refused and were ultimately found guilty for not believing in transubstantiation. For those that don't practice Catholicism, Transubstantiation is the change that occurs so bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ, also known as the Eucharist. Also known as cannibalism. Yeah, but it's socially acceptable, so it's fine. Yep. Which is practiced during communion. In Catholicism, the Eucharist is, quote-unquote, the real presence, the belief that Christ is actually there, and to deny that, such as in the case of Protestants, would at that time be considered heretical. Okay, see, here's how I would die in this time period. I would go up for communion, and when they put the wafer in my mouth, I'd be like, wow, Christ is really dry. (laughs) (laughs) See, I picture this as if Christ is really there watching you drink his blood and eat his flesh. It's that one scene from, like, season four of The Walking Dead when the dude wakes up and he realizes that the cannibals are like roasting his leg over a fire. Ew, I hated that scene because it freaked me out hardcore. literally the last episode I ever saw. I was like, nope, I'm done with this. (laughs) Walks away. No, thank you. But that's what I pictured. Jesus is like, what are you doing? No, thank you. 
The men were held at the Bacardo Jail at the North Gate, and Thomas Cranmer was forced to watch as Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer were burnt at the stake on October 16, 1555. Both men had small bags of gunpowder tied around their necks, in an act of humane mercy, before they were tied to opposite sides of the stake. Hugh succumbed to the smoke and died a painless death. Unfortunately for poor Nicholas, it took him much longer to die due to the fact that the packets of gunpowder failed to ignite, causing him to die in anguish as he cried out, quote, I cannot burn, I cannot burn, end quote. By the time the gunpowder finally ignited, he was already dead. Nicholas Ridley was 55 and Hugh Latimer was 67. That's a way to go. We're just desecrating corpses now. I mean, that's that's fine. Yep. They gotta do it like the witch in Good Omens where she packs a whole bunch of nails and gunpowder up her skirt and <laughs> just blows everybody to pieces. She blows up the witch finder. Fuck you, witch finder. <laughs> Thomas Cranmer, horrified by the deaths of his fellow clergy, appealed to the queen and recanted his beliefs, swearing his acceptance of the Pope as the head of the church. The queen proving her moniker of Bloody Mary, didn't believe he was sincere in the renouncement of his faith. So after losing his appeal, Thomas Cranmer was also burnt at the stake on the same spot on March 21st, 1556 at the age of 67. It's said that as they lit the branches, he thrust his right hand into the flames, which he deemed unworthy as he had used it to sign the recantation of his faith. Aww. Even though she has often been remembered as a villainous and cruel monarch, Queen Mary shouldn't be viewed as the only one who has committed misdeeds in this tale. Prior to their deaths, Hugh Latimer, for example, played a major role in seeing Catholic John Forrest, who was a confessor to Queen Catherine of Aragon, burnt at the stake under the reign of King Henry VIII, and even went so far as to preach a sermon at his execution. Thomas Cranmer aided in the conviction of John Frith, who was a Protestant, staunch believer in religious tolerance, and a driving force in the Reformation, even though Cranmer would go on to become a member of the Protestant faith himself. In addition to that, the city of Oxford actually charged the cost of the bundles of sticks used to burn him at the stake to his own expense account an expense that the city tried to reclaim under the new Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, yeah. So they were like, here's a bill from when we murdered your predecessor. You should probably pay it. Yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All these people were awful. All of them. Um, there were like so many stake burnings though. Like Sir Thomas More burnt a bunch of people at the stake for being Protestant. So let's just be real. There was a lot of hypocritical behavior happening. Like I'm a right utopia and I'm going to burn a bunch of Protestants (laughs) at the stake. Mm -hmm. Today, a cross on Oxford's Broad Street marks the spot where over 500 years ago, these men lost their lives during a time of religious persecution. The spot was originally part of the town Ditch and has been preserved after workmen found bits of the stake and shards of charred bone at the spot. A memorial has been erected across the street at Balliol College that reads as follows, quote, 
Opposite this point near the cross in the middle of Broad Street, Hugh Latimer, one-time Bishop of Worcester, Nicholas Ridley, Bishop of London, and Thomas Cranmer, Archbishop of Canterbury, were burnt for their faith in 1555 and 1556, end quote. Going back to the rhyme itself, the farmer's wife is in reference to Queen Mary I, who, thanks to her husband, King Philip of Spain, owned large estates of land, thereby, uh-huh. in an obscure sense, making her a farmer's wife. Further down the road, where Broad Street intersects with St. Giles, you can find the Martyrs Memorial, which commemorates the three men's deaths. Erected in 1838, the Victorian Gothic structure resembles a spire of a sunken cathedral. It looks really cool. The design was inspired by the Eleanor Crosses erected by Edward I in memory of his late wife, Eleanor of Castile. Designed by Sir George Gilbert Scott, who was one of the most important architects of the Victorian era, the monument includes a statue of Latimer facing west with his arms crossed over his chest, a statue of Ridley facing east, and a statue of Cranmer holding a Bible as he faces north. The memorial has the following inscription, quote, To the glory of God and in grateful commemoration of his servants, Thomas Cranmer, Nicholas Ridley, Hugh Latimer, prelates of the Church of England, who near this spot yielded their bodies to be burned, bearing witness to the sacred truths which they had affirmed and maintained against the errors of the Church of Rome, and rejoicing that to them it was given not only to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for his sake. This monument was erected by public subscription in the year of our Lord God. And there's a bunch of Roman letters, but it's basically 1841. End quote. <laughs> that was one sentence. That is a long sentence. I don't like it. No. <laughs> and that is the short, sweet, dark, and twisted history of Three Blind Mice. I don't know about sweet. It's definitely charred. Yeah. yeah. I I, uh, I find it interesting that uh, in the 1800s, they're talking about how these guys were martyrs, even though, one, they flip-flopped like crazy. Uh-huh. And two, they did the exact same thing to other people yep. who would also be considered, under that faith, martyrs. Yep. It's fine. That's why I don't like religion. Hypocrisy. What? But we got a fun little nursery rhyme out of it. Yep. It's a little dark. Fun. fun. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> Chopped off their tails with a carving knife. It's totally fun. Yep. It's not dark at all. Yeah. Ingredients for this dish were sourced from a 2021 A Bit About Britain blog post titled The Oxford Martyrs by Mike, a 2010education.com article titled The Hidden History of Nursery Rhymes by Natalie Kidd, a 2005 History Today article titled Latimer and Ridley Burned at the Stake by Richard Cavendish, allnurserymes.com, an Atlas Obscura post about the martyr's mark in Oxford, England, and Britain Express article titled The Martyr's Memorial. Very nice. Thank you. I enjoyed that. Really. I think Ashley did too, especially at the beginning. I did. (laughs) I'm not a... Listen, I'm an okay person. Sometimes I enjoy hearing about people getting burned at the stake. It happened a long time ago. It's not happening to them today. They can't feel it anymore. If people want to be mad at me, that's fine. Um... 
yeah, lots of women got burned at the stake for being witches, so mm-hmm. yep. excuse me if I take a little bit of just a teeny little smidgen of joy when it's like, oh, we burned some men at the stake. Yeah, <laughs> I actually covered something about that in uh, an episode of Yield Crime. So, Oh, the torture for women? That and March is going to be all about witches. So, uh, yep. So, lots of stories of women being burned to the stake. Um. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I take uh, part of the joy is that I'm pretty sure that I would have been burned at the stake if I had been alive (laughs) at this time. Probably. Like, I would have been screwed. Let's be honest. They would have been like, burn that bitch. Like, we don't, we're not even going to pretend to have a trial. Just get it done. Yep. She's so witchy. She's got to be solid wood. She's just going to go up like a candle. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, thank you for visiting our beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a toasty story by the slice. Pineapple Pizza Podcast. Sweet and cheesy, and not everyone understands our awesomeness, but we're glad that you do? Question mark? Enjoying the meal? Consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple, Podchaser, Good Pods, or Spotify. It's free, and it helps our little restaurant get noticed by others with your spectacularly good taste. If you want to help support the restaurant, you can rock some of our merch from our Tea Public shop or buy us a fresh slice on Buy Me a Coffee, because we can never get enough. If you simply can't get enough pineapple pizza, become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. You can find all the links to our social media, streaming platforms, and support pages in the show notes and on pineapplepizzapodcast.com. That's pineapplepizzapodcast.com.